Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hey, Jennifer, good to have you here. Hey, John, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So take me through it. As far as these mega donors, and I guess ultimately, hopefully this will get the attention of especially Ivy League schools that want to have these mega donors. We've, we've been reporting this over the past, you know, week, 18 days, where some people had said they don't like to see what's happening at campuses across the country, including here in this area. Look, it is horrendous um, what has been, frankly, proliferating on college campuses for decades. And it is this um, not just tacit support, but embedded within the institutions, the highest and most elite institutions of learning in the United States, mm-hmm. um, in, not just anti-Semitic, but anti-Western um, academics and students that look at life through what I call sort of the Marxist lens of either you're an oppressor or you're the oppressed. And whatever they decide group you're in, if you're the oppressor, no matter what happens to you, no matter what bad is done to you, no matter whether you're innocent or not, it's all a moral good. And this is how people are justifying um, the, the attacks against Jewish people. And the call by Hamas, a terrorist organization, which has always, since its founding charter in the late 1980s, has called for both the destruction of Israel and the annihilation of the Jews that live there. Well, the reason it's being cheered, Don, is because these universities have totally allowed anti-Western values to overtake their university. And therefore, this whole oppressor-oppressed lens is applied to the Jewish people who they put in the quote-unquote oppressor class. And then they consider it a moral good when they're harmed or killed or people call for their annihilation. I mean, it, it, it's terrifying. Yeah. It's, there are so many things to unpack here. Um, and I should, I should have said Jennifer Stefano, um, an intern back in the day. So we have our, we have yeah. our personal connection. Was it, it was CBS three yeah. or was it Fox? CBS three, right? No. Was it Fox? It was CBS three. CBS three. Okay. It was CBS three. You were, you would, I think you had just right. You are the, as you are now, but new, the new huge star in Philadelphia. Oh. Um, and I remember being like, oh my goodness. And I used to run scripts to you. It was my first job in television. <laughs> I totally horrified my father. I quit my corporate job and I said, I'm going into TV. And he was like, he went through the roof, but he loves you so much. So Aww. when he heard I was working with you, you know, he was like, oh, well, I watched John Sandler. 
And you were wonderful and um, just a great person to work with. And that's how I cut my teeth in journalism. So learned a lot from that. And this after, because your dad's like, you know, Villanova, uh, Villanova University. Maybe he he was thinking, hey, could have gone to community college if you're. (laughs) He he said like (laughs) Villanova University School of Business. Like I was, I had a great high level, got tons of job offers on a big five firms. He was like, this is it. This is living. And I'm like, hi, I've quit and I'm working as an intern oh um, at CBS3, which I talked my way into it. They wouldn't, they weren't even going to let me in because I wasn't still in college, but they gave me five days to get hired and I did. And then, um, so it was, it was fun times, but those were the days we could probably reminisce. Yes. Yes. And right now, by the way, uh, Jennifer Stefano serves on the Forbes Nonprofit Council, Advisory Council member for Women in Leadership at the George Washington University School of Business. I could go on and on and on, but, you know, some of your accolades that I, I just do for your father and your parents so that, you know, you you Thank you. you, you um, went away from CBS3 and the local media, which is, <laughs> you got smart. Yeah. But, you know, take yeah. me through it as we think about the media, because the media is is complicit in a lot of this. Absolutely. Right? And, and think Absolutely. about, and I saw that you had tweeted out, and we talked about this last week, where, uh, it was just a disgrace that the Biden administration had posted that social media post of special forces without thinking to protect their identities and sort of blurring them out. That was atrocious. And I, I had seen you, you had tweeted that out as well, Jennifer. Yeah, I mean, it's a shocking level of incompetence. Yeah. So if we just leave it at its base, right, and yeah. we don't extrapolate it to a higher level, you are the president of the United States. You you have people you must hire. They have to have modicums of competence. They also have to understand what isn't isn't classified. I am consistently astounded when I learn more and more about the Biden administration and what they're doing. How much naivete and incompetence exists? We we I think sometimes in politics you look at it and you say, well, this must be evil. This must be intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think when it comes to things like this, it is wild incompetence. I mean, and, and it's outrageous and it's on our dime. Yeah, I think it was shameful what happened um, to these, especially you can't do that to people. You, not only is it dangerous for their and their family's life, you're also destroying their careers and destroying the work they were doing. All that work gets unraveled. So it's it's yeah. incredibly problematic. Yeah, and you know, bringing back to thinking about media and then the greater social media, what what's concerning? So you know, as your article pointed out, it's concerning that you have all these these students on college campuses, and supposedly these are our best educated, not but but you know they're they're at Ivy League schools, and so you think, wow, this this person has such a great education. And yet they're so ignorant in what and what they're doing, and they don't even seem to know the issue. That's a concern. They don't seem to know history. That's an issue. But they're they're at least students. You have the so-called right. mainstream media. Everybody was reporting as if it were true, which it was not true, that that hospital, the Baptist, the, the Christian hospital in, in Gaza, was blasted and that 500 people were killed and people had to write apologies and walk it back. But you think about that, that even though Hamas, I know technically, you know, in air quotes, I say they're barred from Facebook or I know they got removed from Instagram, for example. But somehow Hamas was able to reach mass audiences across social networks 
and spread propaganda. That's a real problem that, A, they were able to do that. B, even the mainstream media, the so-called grown-ups, believed it. Yes, and, and, and the fundamental problem with the media is they, too, um, are, I would say they lack a moral grounding in Western values. Mm-hmm. And um, this makes everybody angry, so be it. But here's a great example. You know, the Philadelphia media is complicit in this, right? Mm -hmm. Like, right before the attacks on Israel, um, the University of Pennsylvania held this Palestinian rights festival, where among the many anti-Semitic speakers was um, Robert Waters, who's with Pink Floyd, who had paraded around on stage in a Nazi costume, has called for the destruction of Israel. He... um, he um, took a, a, an image of Anne Frank and, and, and completely defamed her. And, and no other, there is nowhere else in the world, no other ethnic group could this have been done to, mm-hmm. that the media would not have been all over, Yeah, that the diversity, equity, and inclusion police, which are all infiltrated yes. at the University of Pennsylvania, would have been all over it. Where were they? More importantly, where was the media mm-hmm. asking where they were? Yes. I mean, the University of Pennsylvania has a history of blocking basic conservative speakers. Former Representative Eric Cantor, conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza, totally blocked them. Wouldn't let the former head of ICE come on. Wouldn't let the former CIA director come on. But these horrendous anti-Semitic calling for the destruction of the Jewish state and the Jews living in it, they're allowed to parade all over Kansas. The DEI offices, where were they? I said, oh, they must have been closed. Because how ironic, the Palestinian Rights Festival was held during the Jewish high holidays. Like, it is outrageous. Yeah. Imagine a festival against black people held on Juneteenth at a university. Imagine how the media would cover it. Yeah. It is, they have no credibility. Now, apparently, after after people, major donors, uh, you know, had started pulling out, I guess, then the University of Pennsylvania said they plan to review policies and training following the controversy over the Palestine Rights Festival, you think? But I have to wonder, I I know, but I have to wonder, we, we, yes, they they did have, you know, we all talked about it, but it wasn't blown up in their faces with with the festival until, God forbid, this horrendous, you know, savage, brutal attack door-to-door to the homes of people in Israel happened. And that's really, I think, when the whole thing blew up in their face, correct? Correct. And and how shameful is it that in order to stop the horrendous anti-Semitism that was sponsored, by the way, by four Penn departments. So the president of Penn is, oh, you know, we don't endorse those views. Four University of Pennsylvania departments sponsored and funded that festival. Don't tell me your university does not support those views. You have hired and enshrined academics and others running departments, administrators, mm-hmm. that absolutely support that. You cannot distance yourself now. You, 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 it's not about policy. This is the fundamental failure of the university and what I call what the Marxists really were successful at. These people have no moral compass. They think this governance is the answer. It's not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I write in my column, Don, like, I, I quote um, Alexandra Solzhenitsa, who was a, a, survived the gulags, and he said after that he realized th- he was a communist before that, and he mm-hmm. realized there's no state 
or political party or oppress oppressor class that makes you moral. The heart of good and evil runs through every man and woman. But they want to go make policies and procedures that they think are going to make people moral. That's that's not happening. Like, this is why they're totally lost. Yeah. I'll read the statement. It's sad. It is. It is. And I think you're you're right that here's the statement, by the way. Neither our board nor university leadership want to be in the business of vetting and approving each of the few thousand of speakers who are invited by faculty or student groups to speak on our campus each year. So this is the um, Penn, Penn's Board of Trustees saying that wouldn't be appropriate, but our president has indicated the university will look at some administrative processes to be better aware of who is coming to campus, particularly for large-scale events. That's their, that's yeah, their that's statement. that's a lie. Yeah, it's a lie. Then fire every single diversity, equity, and inclusion mm-hmm. officer on that campus. That is all those people are there to do, is to snoop, vet, and police people who are generally and usually on the right. Oh, and also to allow in anti-Semitic people under the guise of, you know, all of a sudden pens for free speech. This is the biggest lie ever told. I am so thrilled that you as a member of the media are highlighting this. I think we, I, I, you know, I think a lot of Jewish donors and their allies were liberal or on the political left. And in talking to some of them and some of the people, um, and, and they've said, like, we, they always were supportive of a lot of groups on the right that felt marginalized. And not one of those groups is now coming to support the Jewish people and, 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 and to, to call this out. But cons- it's, what's interesting to me mm-hmm. is conservatives are. And so I would say there's a political shift and that is going to happen in the United States. I think it was happening before this. But certainly a lot of traditional liberals see the toxicity that has happened. And I, I don't think everyone sees why it's happening or how it's happening. But in this moment, particularly at Penn, you're seeing it. Yeah. The, the, the left is, ne- is going to allow certain groups, certain races, certain classes to have morally reprehensible things done to them under the guise of equity or, well, you're the oppressor class. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, the endless lectures on more colonizers with this, that, like, in the end, that is, I, I reject that moral prison in yeah. life. Like, I just do. So it, it's scandal. Like, it's a, and they find us in our words, what I'm saying to you, scandalous. I find them scandalous yeah. in their lack of morality here. Well, what they're going to do, they have pledged at, you know, University of Pennsylvania. <clears throat> you know what they're going to do? They're going to add awareness training, anti-Semitism oh. awareness training for all faculty, staff, and all students. So that's right. what they're going to do. <laughs> right. How much awareness, tra- like this is, this is the problem. Knowledge without virtue is meaningless, if not dangerous. Yeah. And here's the crowning example. And, and the question that I think a lot of people are asking themselves is, why would I fund my own demise here? Yeah. And it's not just donors. Like, I have young children. Am I going to fund my own demise and send them? Not It's not just Penn. Let's not kid ourselves. There's DEI police on almost every yeah. college campus, the Catholic ones, et cetera. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing this nonsense. And uh, like it's hard enough to get by in this world. And now I'm going to go fund my own demise and send my kid to school where they can either be abused or join the crowd, you know, who's supporting Hamas. Like, I reject both offers. Yeah. This is outrageous. 
but it's hard, Dawn, right? Like, what do you do? Do you not educate your child? What do you do? Well, I think the, I think the truth is, I know for my kids that I feel, I feel that no matter what, I mean, with Larry and I, we just talk a lot. So that's what our, our son yeah. said the other day, like, <laughs> you know, not for nothing, mom and dad, but you guys talk a lot and you kind of talk for a living. So, but we talk about, <laughs> but we talk about all these issues and we yeah. engage them in that conversation and then listen to what they're saying about it and then and then shape you know what you're talking about is when you say moral virtue it's not just like take sending your kid off to a faith-based school let's say or oh oh well we go to church on sunday so we're fine no right we have to shape that in our children we have to have those important conversations and i think that's maybe where we as a society are failing as well jennifer yeah Yes, and I I agree with you. I I would say um, it, it, whether you do or don't sit in a church, I think you're totally correct. Isn't where morality comes in, although that can be certainly instructive. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's you know don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal. That's found throughout most major religions. But you know the Judeo Christian influence on the Western world was about um, how you serve one another, how you serve your yes. community. Um, you know, thinking less about yourself, more about others. Yes. It hasn't been perfect. Evil has been done, which is where I go back to what are, how are you discerning what is good and what is evil? How do we discover truth and beauty? And I am a believer in the Western ideas, which were based on the Judeo-Christian principles, which is why I understand groups like Hamas are against that. They want to um, overlay a caliphate. And, 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 and in their world, you don't have, you know, where a, a Jewish temple and a Christian, a, a Roman Catholic church and a Protestant church and a mosque and a Hindu temple could all be on the same street. They don't want that world. That's mm-hmm. not their world. And that's not all Muslims. And I don't think we should mm-hmm. stereotype or, or, or be bigoted against Muslims. I'm against that completely. Um, but I think we have to recognize there are two competing worldviews here. There's actually three. The Marxist view that government can perfect everybody. Um, and I'll take with the Western one every yeah. day of the week. Amen, sister. Well, mm-hmm. Jennifer, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Love your article, your latest op-ed piece in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And um, until next time, my friend. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I am thrilled to be on. Thank you, John. Oh, thrilled to have you. Thank you, Jennifer. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.